Welcome to the SaaS Ad Lab podcast. We're bringing to you the stories of SaaS founders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. My name is Luis. I'm the founder of Fans Agency, a digital marketing agency specializing in scaling SaaS companies. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Chris. He is the CEO over at Atrium.ai. Thank you so much for being on here today. It's a pleasure having you. I know people like yourself have a lot of things going on, a lot of meetings back to back and stuff and, and whatnot. So um, first of all, thank you so much for, for really taking the time to do this with me. I appreciate it. Great being with you, Lewis. Thanks for inviting me on. Definitely. So to get started, why don't you just tell us a little bit of background um, you know, on yourself and what kind of led to you starting Atrium? Yeah, so my background, I've been in the uh, consulting world my entire career. I've kind of seen permutations of small, medium, and large consulting operations. Um, predominantly I've been focused in the front office CRM space and uh, worked extensively uh, with Siebel technology back in the day, found my way into the cloud ecosystem with Salesforce, and that was actually the impetus behind getting Atrium started. Mm-hmm. Myself and uh, uh, three other co-founders kind of saw an opportunity where we, th- we take a look at the industry and where the, in- the investment is, is skewing towards over the next few years and think that there's just an awesome opportunity out there for machine learning and artificial intelligence as it relates to how it connects with cloud and the business transformation agendas that a lot of companies have as their top priority. That's really awesome. Now, did you ever think about, you know, obviously like you're kind of dependent on another company, right? So what happens if say something happens to Salesforce or something like that, where to be a big shift, obviously, you know, within the software space because things just change tremendously fast. Um, so if something were to happen, what, where does Atrium kind of go in that case? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, our, uh, our, our starting point has been to really plant our flag, like just solidly in the Salesforce ecosystem. Right. And our vision as a company is, you know, we really want to, we want to help customers navigate business transformation through AI and analytics. Mm-hmm. And it goes beyond just doing that with Salesforce. So there are many other platforms that we are already starting to work with and will work with down the road, whether that's with uh, companies like Amazon, some of the other machine learning platforms that are out there some of the other analytics companies. So our vision is not necessarily singularly around Salesforce, although it is a huge part of our strategy. We think Salesforce has a tremendous install base. Um, they're a phenomenal company, as you know, so it's a great place to get started, but it's definitely an area where we're gonna branch out from as, as, we, um, as we work through our evolution. Right, so kind of just diversifying in this case and, and- essentially not putting all your eggs in one basket. And that's something that we typically advise, you know, for companies uh, when we're doing marketing and stuff like that, especially through advertising is maybe you have Google ads, you know, running, but you don't want to put all your dollars there because if something happens, a big shift or something, then your business is kind of gone if you're totally reliant on that. But that's great. Now I did want to, to hear your take on, you know, first of all, who are your, 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 you know, your dream customers? Like, what are some of the qualities be, be, that they contain and, and what are the reasons for that? Sure, that's a great question, Louis. So dream customer, we're, you know, we find ourselves a bit in uh, pioneering land. There are a lot of companies that are trying to figure out how do they make um, their first investment in artificial intelligence. And right. that really runs the gamut. So the, the majority of the companies we're working with right now are Fortune 1000, big companies like, uh, like a Staples. And you'd be amazed at how many of them are are trying to figure out first, just like what's possible. Right, right. right? So figuring out what's possible and then also going from there and then doing and enacting that in technology. 
right? Those are the types of conversations that we frequently find ourselves uh, right in the midst of. As far as a perfect customer for us, I mean, it's, it's interesting to see where these programs, where they kind of really have a life form of their own and where they get successful. Right. Um, the more successful ones, frankly, that we see are the ones that are kind of led from business stakeholders, right? Where that are kind of, I, I would call it like the operations teams inside the business functions. So think of it as like sales operations, uh, call center operations, supply chain operations, those teams tend to be where a lot of the AI initiatives that we see that really flourish, take hold and start. Right. Uh, you see a lot of adoption issues if things aren't sponsored in the right way. So we frankly, like we see a lot of initiatives that are led from IT or the, excuse me, <clears throat> the data science teams. Sometimes those, you know, they don't ever get out of the laboratory because <laughs> they don't have the right ownership. And right. So a perfect customer for us is one that is totally into, all right, we, we believe in machine learning and AI as an investment approach for us for the next several years, right. and we're willing to put some real wood behind that. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of like the way that I wanted to direct this, right? Like really understand how are you going about really, first of all, educating people about artificial intelligence? Because even though I feel like, obviously it's a, it's a topic that is talked about nowadays, very, very often, especially in the software space um, in consulting, obviously with Salesforce and stuff like that. Sure. But I feel like people still have a relatively vague understanding, you know, of, of what really artificial intelligence is. And like you said, what people are actually capable of doing when implemented properly. So do you find that, you know, maybe yourself or obviously other people in the company inside of Atrium, is there a lot of educational, you know, material that has to be implemented before actually bringing on new customers is that a big part of of vetting you know whether someone's going to be a, a good essentially a good client or not yeah you hit on it lewis i think that's pretty much our number one challenge in mm -hmm. the market is creating the education the awareness so um and when you talk about ai that can be a, a really diverse spectrum <laughs> of things totally. where, where we spend most of our time is around machine learning and some very specific use cases, right? So where we spend a lot of our time is how do you take, you know, statistics and math at scale and allow companies to become more predictive around key elements of their business. So the type of stuff we're coaching companies on are things like, you know, how do they do better lead scoring so their sales teams are more productive? How do they identify, you know, a customer that may be leaving their portfolio so that they know that before, before ahead of time, right? Before it actually right. happens. Right. How do you identify, you know, a, a very important part that's going to break down on a expensive, on expensive capital equipment, those types of things. Um, if you can break it down into, you know what, this is really about statistics and math. I love the movie. If you think about Moneyball, right? It's about right. how do you take Moneyball and you apply that mm -hmm. for the fortune 1000. That's I think part of it is just kind of defining what we do. Right. We're into that end of the spectrum of AI and not into like, you know, driverless uh, automotive. <laughs> right, so, right. Um, that's a part of it. And educating kind of where we fit is, is, is a big part. And then the other thing is we spend a lot of time helping companies understand like what are the preconditions they need to have in order right. to be successful. Totally. So we like to say there are three things that we look for before we start a project. One is does the does the company have a concept around like what question do they want to answer and is 
is the question big enough to where it really like impact their business? So a question formed like, what would happen if I could take my lead conversion rate from like 4% to 6%? You know, just being able to formulate that question and understand the impact. There are a lot of companies that frankly just struggle with that. Right. So we educate folks on what are the type of questions you can answer. Then is, do you have the data architecture in place? Is there, is there really a signal in your data to answer that question? And then the third thing we're educating uh, our, our prospects and our customers on is to think about it in, in the sense of once you have like the question and the data, where are you going to take that input and those insights and then land it into the workflow of a business where large user populations can act on that and make a difference. Right. So if you can check the box on all three of those, that's kind of where we're educating our customers to think about. You have potentially have a really good investment opportunity. Very awesome. And what is the educational process kind of looks like? Is it, you know, the atrium team going into a meeting with the, people that are going to be making the decision? Is it through some sort of content or how are you approaching that? Yeah, I mean, we try to do a lot of uh, thought leadership and blogging in the space. Frankly, the, the most successful things we're having is we run these uh, workshops. They're like day-long workshops. Cool. We do what we call intelligent experience workshops to help companies kind of define the personas, do some question storming, figure out, you know, if we were able to answer those questions, how would that actually translate into some both analytics that are rear view looking as well as forward looking predictive analytics. And through the course of those, through those workshops, we're able to, to educate and help really surface some great investment opportunities. That's awesome. How long has Atrium been around for? We're relatively young. So we're about a year and a half in business. We started in January of 2018. Very cool. And as you've, grown this company what are some of the biggest challenges that you've experienced on a really I guess growth aspect like is it reaching the right people is it making yourself known within the industry um, one thing I did wanted to note is that I noticed on the website you have that you are a Salesforce platinum I think platinum um, partner how does that help you essentially position yourself as like you mentioned a thought leader it obviously has you know some some very a hefty weight to it. So how are you leveraging that badge, I guess, to, to be seen as a, you know, better company to work with? Right. Well, we're really proud of the status that we've achieved with Salesforce. Um, it's kind of representative of a total team effort. So the way that Salesforce does their ecosystem and grades everybody is, you know, how much field engagement do we have with their teams and are we really making a difference for them? Mm -hmm. Um, customer sat is a big one as well as you know the the build out of our consulting teams those three things are what they look at and I think we're one of the there's no official historian here for Salesforce but uh, we're one of the fastest companies to achieve that status and some of that like we're doing a lot of things right but I also think it speaks to just the momentum of the market so we're, we're just over a hundred folks um, over the course of the last you know 18 months the, the, the build out of the team has been tremendous. Um, we've very intentionally decided to um, create centers of gravity for our team and delivery centers mm -hmm. in Jaipur, India, Bozeman, Montana, as well as uh, we're setting up a, an office in Indianapolis. So that's a little bit of kind of where we've chosen to invest mm -hmm. in our team. Uh, from a scaling standpoint, you brought that up, like what's, what are some of the, the challenges there? Right. We, we kind of hit on the, the education front. That's a, that's a big one. I would say that 
The other one that comes to mind is in the same vein as making sure that our customers are successful. When you get into the consulting business, it's, it can tend to be, you know, a very uh, nomadic existence. You're moving from project to project. And depending upon the project, you know, you have personalities that are involved. And sometimes you need heroics, right? Mm -hmm. You need certain team members. And the key for a firm like ours is, you know, how do you, how do you make success repeatable? And a lot of right. that has to do with how do you have like a common methodology mm -hmm. and a common approach towards success. So that's another thing that we're spending a lot of time on this year is kind of building out our methodology and, and how we can ensure repeatable success for our customers. Mm -hmm. I think you touched on something extremely important and, and really like the methodology, the the process making, right? Where, I mean, you're still like, like you said, you're super young. And I feel like in that time frame, you've been able to achieve some, some awesome things. Like even you mentioned um, about, you know, the, the Salesforce thing being one of the first ones in, in, in a relatively short time period. Um, so that's awesome. But how have you managed that, you know, that huge growth? I think you said over a little bit over a hundred people on the team. Um, yep. How do you how do you deal with the pressure of you know like making sure that there's enough to to I guess make payroll right to to all those individuals and stuff like that like what are some of the challenges there like how do you find the right people um, where does culture fall in and and that kind of thing yeah so kind of you're you're hitting on three of our <laughs> yeah you're hitting on three of our strategic initiatives for this year which are, you know, number one is you know we really want to uh, challenge the notions of the consulting model as far as how we're defined so you know our biggest you know our biggest success factor will be can we figure out how we can have some really long-term relationships with our customers so that we we don't have to like like i mentioned earlier be a nomadic existence we right. we think there's some really good opportunities in the machine learning realm as it relates to consulting where we can spend you know, a, a lot of time helping to cultivate relationships through care and feeding of some of the predictive models that we're putting in place for our customers. We think there's a different dynamic around how do you consult in a machine learning world that will allow us to uh, get into a much longer term relationship with our customers. So that's big for us. Uh, that's kind of um, strategic issue number one. Um, two, I've already hit upon, which is how do we ensure delivery excellence and scale that? So we've, we hit that one already. And then third is building a culture, right? Building a culture that we're proud of. And we're really fortunate. Uh, one of the things I'm most proud of so far at, at Atrium is the caliber and the quality of the team that we've brought on. Mm -hmm. And as you know, like you get a good kernel of team and culture and that just builds on itself. Totally. And we try to be really intentional about the types of people that, that we're bringing into Atrium. And we have kind of three sets of guiding principles that we hire against. One is we want folks with a ton of initiative. Um, we want self-starters. We want folks that have passion and are authentic, right? And then the third is we want diversity of thought. We don't want groupthink. Right. And so all of our hiring is centered around those core principles and it helps create the the, the, the kernel of a, of a culture that we think is going to be something that really scales in a great way. Right. And, and you touched on something important there and, and really, you know, like kind of like the, the, the criteria or the mission statement that, you know, it's not a mission statement necessarily, but it's kind of like those few points that individuals have to have in order to become part of the team and be successful at it at the same time. But how do you then not only, you know, say that to them, like, whoever is probably going to say that they're able to do those things. Right. So how do you actually 
make sure that they're implemented. Right. Well, you, one thing you can't do is you can't just say it once and let it be like a PowerPoint slide or, you know, a picture on a wall. Right. It's about how do you make the culture part of your everyday, um, you know, every day, what you're doing every day, kind of how you're recruiting or how you're treating your customers or how you're treating your team, um, how you're interacting with each other. We try to back up our vision for our culture and the personality traits that we want to attract so that it is muscle memory. It's not just on a slide somewhere. Totally. That's really cool. Um, now to talk a little bit more about the actual, you know, like marketing efforts and stuff like that at Atrium, sure. is there anything, and I know it's been a relatively short period of time also, and that typically doesn't maybe come in so soon, but given the, you know, the growth and, and that the success that you've had so far, has there been anything that's been implemented as far as a marketing initiative or something in that realm that has proven to just be something that really, really works for you? And I understand that, you know, like marketing agencies or like consulting firms and stuff like that, they're not necessarily the best at marketing themselves, which is kind of, you know, ironic, right? Because you would think that a marketing agency knows how to market itself. And I, maybe it's not that, they don't necessarily know how, but it's the fact that everyone else doing it knows what they're doing too. So it just makes it extremely competitive at the same time. Yeah. I mean, we, we tend to think of our marketing efforts. We, we just engaged uh, a PR firm recently this summer to help us think about how do we take our message to a much larger audience. So that's going to continue to be an investment area for us. So we think about it in terms of we want to occupy thought leadership in the market. That's important. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of our energy is around how do we develop content that will help educate the market as right. we hit upon a little bit earlier. Right. And then we're doing a number of um, events, right, right, that help kind of promote the name. We've got our single biggest event of the year coming up here in about two, three weeks with Dreamforce in San Francisco nice. in November. Uh -huh. so we've got a ton of investment that we're doing at Dreamforce. We're doing things like uh, creating our own basically base camp where we can do solutioning with customers mm -hmm. and uh, trying to provide a lot of thought leadership topics there at Dreamforce. So think about that event. You know, that's one that's important for us, but there are several others right. that we attend. We'll be at uh, Tableau's user conference. That's, you know, you yeah. talked about technology shifts. Wow, that was a big one, right? Earlier yeah. this summer when Definitely. Salesforce acquired Tableau. So we don't know what form some of these uh, technologies are going to take. And you got to be able to kind of take the curves in the road. So we'll be at Tableau's user conference. We're at Gartner Symposium this week. Mm -hmm. So we got a lot of feelers out there figuring out what's going on with the market and taking our message to each of those different vehicles. Good, good. And I, that's actually a good, a good selling point, right? For a consulting firm, essentially in the AI spaces, you tell your clients, you never know what's going to happen. Like you'll kind of always need us here to, to kind of take that on for you. But um, that's really, really cool. Now, to kind of shift gears here into a little bit of more personal questions about just being, you know, in a position where you're at, where you obviously have a big team under you, um, obviously with other managers as well that are helping you take care of some stuff. Sure. Um, what's, what's the biggest challenge on a personal level to kind of maybe like, uh, you know, like, is it a relationship kind of thing or is it some like monetary kind of issues um, as you are like, you know, the, I guess the, the, the person leading everything on. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, if you ask that question, I, I immediately go to like, where can I be doing better? Mm -hmm. Right. How, how do I think of improving? Um, I always feel like, I, you know, I can be doing a better job of listening, right? How do you, how do you always actively listen to your team? Right. And I think when you're in a leadership role, a lot of times you kind of skew towards, 
uh, you got to be able to solve everything, mm -hmm. right? People are coming at you with challenges, and right. um, I think at least my natural gearing is I want to solve it. Yeah. And as a part of uh, where I want to do better and where I think I can help out with my team is it's not about me solving it. It's about how do I put them in a place to be able to figure it out, right? right. And realize that there are certain things you can and can't control, but how do you really give your team like the running lanes to go be great? And right. um, so having that balance of listening, figuring out how they can help solution for themselves. And, and uh, those are all things that, you know, I personally work on. Totally. And I think that's one of the most important things too, is learning how to actually delegate, you know, when, when you're in a, in a position of leadership and you have that entrepreneur mentality kind of spirit with you and, and you kind of built everything up on your own and then started growing together with the team and stuff like that. I feel like a lot of the times you still feel like, you're responsible for a lot of things and it's really a, a, an art of learning how to take it all in and, and then find the right people to send it to. Like, I'm not good at everything. Right. So I, I obviously like pass things on and, and to people that are obviously a lot better than me um, for certain things. So I think that's extremely important. I think we can say that about everybody and it's kind of having a, a bit of the self-awareness to know where you have the improvement points so you can compliment yourself. Right. That's huge. Totally. totally. What are some of the things that you are very, very proud of? I know you mentioned one earlier, but something else. Yeah, I think, um, so I mentioned the building out of the team. Uh, to me, where I get, frankly, the, the most um, reward career-wise is just watching some of uh, the careers that have been launched, right. um, that have been a part of, uh, you know, I've been a part of that in a very small way. It's just awesome mm -hmm. to see people. Right. Um, take themselves and uh, take a ton of ownership and responsibility and really right. grow. So we think of ourselves at Atrium as we want to provide kind of that platform for, for people that want to start their careers in the artificial intelligence space and really put themselves on a rocket ship. And we think about kind of our, basically our gating factors as a business will be how fast can we get people in a spot where they can really help us grow the business. That's awesome. Um, so I'm proud of uh, some of the opportunities we're able to offer our team. I'm also proud of our team as far as they're taking some risks. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're going into new places with uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning. A lot of the folks that are on our team, their career, their careers have been spent in consulting. They know the domain really well, but mm -hmm. you know, data science and machine learning is a new domain for a lot of them. Yeah. And yeah. so, the courage to go out and challenge themselves and uh, the status quo. I mean, we're all in that place. And so that's something that I think gives us a lot of reward and purpose. That's awesome. Now I got to make some exclusions for this next question, but okay. aside from from Salesforce, what are some of the software companies that you look up to and you say like, wow, like these people are totally just, you know, doing the best they can. Ah, uh, gosh. So I'll speak about it. Like, Maybe generically, um, mm. the companies that are doing well, like one of our one of our customers that likes to remain confidential, I, I admire them because they are, which they could fall into the status quo trap of they've got a run rate business, and it's comfortable, mm. and you know I uh, I look up to them because they're really trying to uh, challenge themselves to think about how can they reinvent their business with machine learning and companies that are fall into that same kind of category and cohort. I have a lot of respect for, um, if I were to pick a software company that I admire, um, it's actually Tesla. And I, I kind of have a love affair with Tesla and the, the whole crew. 
because a lot of people think of them as an automotive company. I think of them as arguably oh. the number one artificial intelligence software yeah. company in the world. And watching what they do to help make the world a better place and really challenge the status quo, mm -hmm. I think is something to look up to. Totally. Now, this one just came from what you mentioned, but what do you think of Elon? I think he's a tremendous leader. I mean, obviously, people will knock him for some of the right. things that he does. <laughs> um, but you take a look at it and as far as on the impact scale. Yeah. Frankly, it's kind of hard to argue. Totally. Huge, huge things he's doing. Um, I definitely look up to him as well. Now, what are, if you had one piece of advice or, or if you could go back, you know, one year to, to yourself and tell yourself one thing um, to do differently, what would that be? Oh, wow. Um, I, you know, a couple of things. I consistently tell my, myself and our team, like, hey, enjoy the moment, right? Take a, take a minute, enjoy the moment. Um, and reflect. So that's obviously something I think we can always work on. Yeah. Um, as far as, I don't know, just general rules of thumb and advice. Um, I tend to think like entrepreneurs, number one risk area is that you're always chasing like a shiny penny and yeah. focus. Uh -huh. And I, I feel like in my career, as I look back on it, um, the, the times where I've had a fork in the road, where it's like, can you go in a direction where you go broad or you go, go deep? Mm -hmm. I feel like I've always been best served on going deep. And mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you stay you know, within your lane of focus, right. continue to improve that lane versus finding something else? Totally. Um, and so we continue to, to challenge ourselves with that same principle as we kind of evaluate new investment opportunities that we have and where we want to take the business. Awesome. Really, really good. And uh, one of the last questions here, where can people find you online, Chris? Uh, people can find us online at atrium.ai. You can uh, find me, just search Chris Heineken under Twitter if you want to follow me. And um, hopefully uh, those are two great places for people to go. Awesome. And one last question. Do you have any questions for me? Uh, no questions for you. Just wanted to say thank you for having, having me on the podcast and, uh, we, uh, we love getting our message out there. So thank you, Lewis. Definitely. Thank you so much for being on here. And uh, again, thanks for, for being on here, sharing your story and really, you know, helping us understand a little bit more about AI and how you're currently leading that space. And uh, for anyone that's watching, listening, please make sure to subscribe, give it a like if you like it. Uh, and you can listen on any of your um, favorite streaming platforms. So thanks again. And we'll catch you next time. Take care, Lewis. Bye-bye.